0: Chapter Eight Part One of Hilda Wade. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Hilda Wade A Woman with Tenacity of Purpose by Grant Allen. Chapter Eight Part One The Episode of the European with the Kaffir Heart unfashionable as it is to say so i am a man of peace i belong to profession whose province is to heal not to destroy still there are times which turn even the most peaceful of us perforce into fighters times when those we love those we are bound to protect stand in danger of their lives and at moments like that no man can doubt what is his plain duty The Matabele revolt was one such moment. In a conflict of race we must back our own color. I do not know whether the natives were justified in rising or not. Most likely, yes, for we had stolen their country. But when once they rose, when the security of white women depended upon repelling them, I felt I had no alternative. For Hilda's sake, for the sake of every woman and child in Salisbury, and in all rhodesia i was bound to bear my part in restoring order for the immediate future it is true we were safe enough in the little town but we did not know how far the revolt might have spread we could not tell what had happened at charter at Bulavayo, at the outlaying stations the matabele perhaps had risen in force over the whole vast area which was once lubenguala's country if so their first object would certainly be to cut us off from communication with the main body of english settlers at volavayo i trust to you hilda i said on the day after the massacre at classes to divine for us where these savages are next likely to attack us she cooed at the motherless baby raising one bent finger and then turned to me with a white smile then you ask too much of me she answered just think what a correct answer would imply first a knowledge of these savages's character next a knowledge of their mode of fighting can't you see that only a person who possessed my trick of intuition and who had also spent years in warfare among the matabele would be really able to answer your question and yet such questions have been answered before now by people far less intuitive than you i went on why i've read somewhere how when the war between napoleon i and the Prussians broke out in eighteen o six jomini predicted that the decisive battle of the campaign would be fought near jena and near jena it was fought are not you better than many jominis hilda tickled the baby's cheek Smile, then, baby, smile, she said, pouncing one soft finger on a gathering dimple. And who was your friend, Eumine? The greatest military critic and tactician of his age, I answered. One of Napoleon's generals. I fancy he wrote a book, don't you know, a book on war, De Grandes Operations Militaires" or something of that sort. Well, there you are, then that's just it your gomini or omini or whatever you call him not only understood napoleon's temperament but understood war and understood tactics it was all a question of the lie of the land and strategy and so forth if i had been asked i could never have answered a quarter as well as gomini piccolomini could i baby gomini would have been worth a good many mies there there dear motherless darling why she crows just as if she hadn't lost all her family but hilda we must be serious i count upon you to help us in this matter we are still in danger even now these matabele may attack and destroy us she laid the child on her lap and looked grave i know it hubert but i must leave it now to you men i'm no tactician don't take me for one of napoleon's generals still i said we have not only the matabele to reckon with recollect there is sebastian as well and whether you know your matabele or not you at least know your sebastian she shuddered i know him yes i know him but this case is so difficult we have sebastian complicated by a rabble of savages whose habits and manners I do not understand. It is that that makes the difficulty. But Sebastian himself, I urged, take him first in isolation. She paused for a full minute, with her chin on her hand and her elbow on the table. Her brow gathered. Sebastian, she repeated. Sebastian! Ah, there I might guess something. Well, of course— having once begun this attempt, and being definitely committed, as it were, to a policy of killing us, he will go through to the bitter end, no matter how many other lives it may cost. That is Sebastian's method. You don't think, having once found out that I saw and recognized him, he would consider the game lost and slink away to the coast again? Sebastian? Oh, no! That is the absolute antipodes of his type and temperament he will never give up because of a temporary check you think no never the man has a will of share Steel, it may break but it will not bend besides consider he is too deeply involved you have seen him you know and he knows you know you may bring this thing home to him then what is his plain policy why to egg on the natives whose confidence he has somehow gained into making a further attack and cutting off all salisbury if he had succeeded in getting you and me massacred at classes as he hoped he would no doubt have slunk off to the coast at once leaving his black dupes to be shot down at leisure by rhodes's soldiers i see but having failed in that then he's bound to go through with it and kill us if he can even if he has to kill all Salisbury with us. That, I feel sure, is Sebastian's plan. Whether he can get the Matabele to back him up in it or not is a different matter. But uh, taking Sebastian himself alone? Oh, Sebastian himself alone would naturally say, never mind Bulawayo, concentrate round Salisbury and kill off all there first when that is done then you can move on at your ease and cut them to pieces in charter and bulavajo you see he would have no interest in the movement himself once he had fairly got rid of us here the matabele are only the pieces in his game it is me he wants not salisbury he would clear out of rhodesia as soon as he had carried his point but he would have to give some reasonable ground to the matabele for his first advice and it seems a reasonable ground to say Don't leave Salisbury in your rear so as to put yourselves between two fires. Capture the outpost first. That down, march on undistracted to the principal stronghold. Who is no tactician? I murmured half aloud. She laughed. That's not tactics, Hubert. That's plain common sense and knowledge of Sebastian. Still, it comes to nothing. The question is not what would sebastian wish it is could sebastian persuade these angry black men to accept his guidance sebastian i cried sebastian could persuade the very devil i know the man's fiery enthusiasm his contagious eloquence he thrilled me through myself with his electric personality so that it took me six years and your aid to find him out at last His very abstractness tells why, even in this war, you may be sure he will be making notes all the time on the healing of wounds in tropical climates, contrasting the African with the European Constitution. Oh, yes, of course. Whatever he does, he will never forget the interests of science. He is true to his lady love, to whomever else he plays false. That is his saving virtue and he will talk down the matabele i went on even if he doesn't know their language but i suspect he does for you must remember he was three years in south africa as a young man on a scientific expedition collecting specimens he can ride like a trooper and he knows the country his masterful ways his austere face will cow the natives then again he has the air of a prophet and prophets always stir the negro i can imagine with what air he will bid them drive out the intrusive white men who have usurped their land and draw them flattering pictures of a new matabele empire about to arise under a new chief too strong for these gold-grubbing diamond-hunting mobs from over-sea to meddle with she reflected once more do you mean to say anything of our suspicions in salisbury hubert she asked at last it is useless i answered the salisbury folk believe there is a white man at the bottom of this trouble already they will try to catch him that's all that is necessary if we said it was sebastian people would only laugh at us they must understand sebastian as you and i understand him before they would think such a move credible as a rule in life if you know anything which other people do not know better keep it to yourself you will only get laughed at as a fool for telling it i think so too that is why i never say what i suspect or infer from my knowledge of types except to a few who can understand and appreciate hubert if they all arm for the defence of the town you will stop here i suppose to tend the wounded her lips trembled as she spoke and she gazed at me with a strange wistfulness no dearest i answered at once taking her face in my hands i shall fight with the rest salisbury has more need to-day of fighters than of healers i thought you would she answered slowly and i think you do right her face was set white she played nervously with the baby i would not urge you but i am glad you say so I want you to stop, yet I could not love you so much if I did not see you ready to play the man at such a crisis. I shall give in my name with the rest, I answered. Hubert, it is hard to spare you, hard to send you to such danger. But for one other thing, I am glad you are going. They must take Sebastian alive. They must not kill him. They will shoot him red-handed if they catch him i answered confidently a white man who sides with the blacks in an insurrection then you must see that they do not do it they must bring him in alive and try him legally for me and therefore for you that is of the first importance why so hilda hubert you want to marry me i nodded vehemently well you know i can only marry you on one condition that i have succeeded first in clearing my father's memory now the only man living who can clear it is sebastian if sebastian were to be shot it could never be cleared and then law of medes and persians i could never marry you but how can you expect sebastian of all men to clear it hilda i cried he is ready to kill us both merely to prevent your attempting a revision Is it likely you can force him to confess his crime, still less induce him to admit it voluntarily? She placed her hands over her eyes and pressed them hard with the strange prophetic air she often had about her when she gazed into the future. I know my man, she answered slowly, without uncovering her eyes. I know how I can do it, if the chance ever comes to me. But the chance must come first it is hard to find i lost it once at nathaniel's i must not lose it again if sebastian is killed skulking here in rhodesia my life's purpose will have failed i shall not have vindicated my father's good name and then we can never marry so i understand hilda my orders are these i am to go out and fight for the women and children if possible that sebastian shall be made prisoner alive and on no account to let him be killed in the open i give you no orders hubert i tell you how it seems best to me but if sebastian is shot dead then you understand it must be all over between us i never can marry you until or unless i have cleared my father sebastian shall not be shot dead i cried with my youthful impetuosity he shall be brought in alive though old salisbury's one man tries best to lynch him i went out to report myself as a volunteer for service within the next few hours the whole town had been put in a stage of siege and all available men armed to oppose the insurgent Matabele. hasty preparations were made for defence the ox-waggons of settlers were drawn up outside in little circles here and there so as to form lagers which acted practically as temporary forts for the protection of the outskirts in one of these i was posted with our company were two american scouts named Colbrook and doolittle irregular fighters whose value in south african campaigns had already been tested in the old matabele war against lobengula Colebrook, in particular was an odd-looking creature a tall spare man bodied like a weasel He was red-haired, ferret-eyed, and an excellent scout, but scrappier and more inarticulate in his manner of speech than any human being I had ever encountered. His conversation was a series of rapid interjections, jerked out at intervals, and made comprehensible by a running play of gesture and attitude. Well, yes, he said when I tried to draw him out on the Matabele mode of fighting. Not on the open, never. Grass, if you like or bushes the eyes of them the eyes he leaned eagerly forward as if looking for something see here, doctor i'm telling you spots gleaming among the grass long grass and arm too a pair of em each one to throw he raised his hands as if lancing something the other for close fighting as guys you know that's the name of it only the eyes Creeping, 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 no noise. One raced, wagons drawn up in lager, oxen outspanned in the middle, trekking all day, tied out, dog-tied, crawl, 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 hands and knees, might be snakes, a wriggle, men sitting about the campfire, smoking, gleam of their eyes, under the wagons, nearer, 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 then th- the throwing ones in your midst shower off them right and left halloa stand by boys look up see em swarming black like ants over the wagons inside the lager snatch up rifles all up oxen stampeding men running black sticking em like pigs in the back with their assegais bad job the whole thing don't care for it myself very tough ones to fight "'if they once break lager. "'Then you should never let them get too close quarters,' I suggested, "'catching the general drift of his inarticulate swift pictures. "'You are a square man you are, doctor. "'There you touch the spot. "'Never let em get at close quarters. Sentries creep past them. "'Outposts crawl between. "'Had Forbes and Wilson like that. "'Cut em off, perdition.' But Maxims will do it. Maxims. Never let them get near. Sweep the ground all round. Durned hard, though, to know just when they are coming. A night, two nights, all clear. Only waste ammunition. Third, they swarm like bees, break lager, all over. This was not exactly an agreeable picture of what we had to expect the more so as our particular lager happened to have no maxims however we kept a sharp lookout for those gleaming eyes in the long grass of which colebrook warned us their flashing light was the one thing to be seen at night above all when the black bodies could crawl unperceived through the tall dry herbage on our first night out we had no adventures we watched by turns outside relieving sentry from time to time while those of us who slept within the lager slept on the bare ground with our arms beside us nobody spoke much the tension was too great every moment we expected an attack of the enemy next day news reached us by scouts from all the other lagers none of them had been attacked but in all there was a deep half instinctive belief that the matabele force were drawing step by step closer and closer around us lo bengula's old impis or native regiments had gathered together once more under their own indunas men trained and drilled in all the arts and ruses of savage warfare, on their own ground and among their native scrub those rude strategists are formidable they know the country and how to fight in it we had nothing to oppose to them but a handful of the new matabeleland police an old regular soldier or two and a raw crowd of volunteers most of whom like myself had never before really handled a rifle that afternoon the major in command decided to send out the two american scouts to score the grass and discover if possible how near our lines the matabele had penetrated i begged hard to be permitted to accompany them i wanted if i could to get evidence against sebastian or at least to learn whether he was still directing and assisting the enemy at first the scouts laughed at my request but when i told them privately that i believed i had a clue against the white traitor who had caused the revolt and that i wished to identify him they changed their tone and began to think there might be something in it experience colebrook asked in his brief shorthand of speech running his ferret eyes over me none i answered but a noiseless tread and a capacity for crawling through holes in hedges which may perhaps be useful. He glanced inquiry at Doolittle, who was a shorter and stouter man, with a knack of getting over obstacles by sheer forcefulness. Hands and knees, he said abruptly, in the imperative mood, pointing to a clump of dry grass, with thorny bushes ringed about it i went down on my hands and knees and threaded my way through the long grasses and matted boughs as noiselessly as i could the two old hands watched me when i emerged several yards off much to their surprise colebrook turned to Doolittle. might answer he said curtly major says choose your own men anyhow if they catch him nobody's fault but his wants to go we'll do it we set out through the long grass together walking erect at first till we had got some distance from the lager and then creeping as the matabele themselves creep without displacing the grass flowers for a mere wave on top would have betrayed us at once to the quick eyes of those observant savages we crept on for a mile or so at last colebrook turned to me one finger on his lips his ferret eyes gleamed We were approaching a wooded hill, all interspersed with boulders. Kaffirs here," he whispered low, as if he knew by instinct. How he knew, I cannot tell. He seemed almost to scent them. End of Chapter Eight, Part One. Read by Lars Rolander.